So I started that restaurant for 50 grand. Everyone, including my mother, thought I was crazy. It was worse than any kitchen nightmares you've ever seen. But again, you know, it's like when you want to do something, your determination, I think, is everything. What's happening? What's good, dough? It's your boy. I drift. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. In case you are wondering. Today we have a great episode with Chardel Deuce from Red Sauce Pizza. Oh yeah. This interview was recorded in person just last month and... It was such a great conversation. I want to say that she offers so many good nuggets. Whether it's talking about how she got financing to like really what the big picture of pizza really is. Like you don't go into a restaurant to make pizza every day, right? And through her experience, she also has learned how to give back to the community and she talks about why that is her success why that is the answer to running a successful pizzeria just go in it with an open mind because that she has so much to offer and i promise you i promise you we will tie it all back at the very end we'll tie it all up together and it's going to be like wow i can't believe i just listened to this hour-long podcast that had so much value And I hope it brings value to you. It's a great episode, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember to always ask, what's good, Doe? Hold up, hold up, hold up. Please just remember, quick plug, add me on Instagram, tell me what's up. I really, really appreciate the homies that were giving feedback. Shout out to BJ Walters. I appreciate the feedback. So thank you for adding me on Instagram. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Chardel Deuce from Red Sauce Pizza. Welcome. How are you? I'm pretty good. Excellent. Yes. Thanks for asking. So I like to start off the podcast with this one question. There's no right or wrong answer. What's good, dough? Uh, right now, hopefully the dough is good today. <laughs> uh, we are entering dough season which is the rainy season here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, The rain brings in a low pressure system and it just makes that dough crispier, more springy. It's perfect from about now till about January 1st. It's like perfect dough season. What does that mean? Like the rain? Uh, I think the hydration in the air along with just like the humidity of it and the wetness um just for me always yields perfect dough and that means you know it's it's gassy at the right time it stretches perfectly but it's also just really strong dough um which makes it i think more enjoyable to actually make the pizza because you don't have to be um delicate when you're stretching it um but also you know there's a lot of different people stretching the dough and some of them try to like beat the hell out of it you know i'm always like oh don't don't beat the hell out of the dough. We've we've been stretching and folding all these days, creating this gentle product. You don't want to beat all the gases that that's what we we're trying to build up all day, you know? Um, I don't know. There's just something about it that the weather helps the dough. I think any baker will tell you that. Um, you know, you the hot of summer, the water changes with all the, like, chloride in there. You know, uh, when you start to get to January and February, it gets so cold. It's like, all right, now I have to, like, quality control this room. Um, There's a lot that goes into our style of pizza dough. Every day I ask, how is the dough today? That's my first question. I come in the door, how is the dough today? How is the dough today? And I feel it. Um, It's just a sensitive. It's like probably in the zodiac sign, I would say it's a cancer. Very sensitive. <laughs> it does what it wants. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, temperamental because Mother Nature takes over. Very cool. Yeah. I love that that's your first question because it, it shows that we have similar questions starting off the day. 
<laughs> well, and it's like the dough is the most important thing. For sure. Um, and it's the most fun thing to make. Right. You know, it's so, that's why it's so challenging. People think it's so easy. It's just really not. Yeah. I mean, I spend every day trying to learn my dough and I'm learning more and more every day, but that is the most fun part. Like I could care less what's on top when I'm making pizza. Yeah. I always, I'm so crucial or so critical, excuse me, about the dough. How is it looking? Is it rising at the right time? Is it tasting good? Yeah. Taste is huge. I mean, a lot of pizzas can look good. A lot of people are like, oh, I use a starter, a hundred year old starter. And we, it's like, dude, I don't give a shit. Does it taste good? I don't care how old the starter is. It's actually, who cares? That's such a gimmick. Um, how does the dough taste? You know? <laughs> that's, 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 that's it. everything. Are you, are you using naturally leavened here? No, I use a poolish. A poolish. So we use okay. like a pinch of commercial yeast um, and a 12 to 13 hour ferment overnight. And is that like, uh, what hydration is your poolish? Uh, well, poolish is equal parts flour and water. Oh, so, equal. So it's a little bit more. Okay. Got it. I was thinking biga. Biga is drier. Right? Yeah. Biga is pretty stiff. Okay. Um, I like to use a poolish because it makes for a stronger dough. It makes okay. for a more flavorful crust. It makes it easier for my employees to stretch the dough. And sourdough, um, like I said, sometimes I feel like pizzerias, it's a gimmick. Um, it doesn't actually yield more, any more flavor because you're not feeding it properly. Mm -hmm. You have to feed a sourdough at least two times a day. And that's very hard to do in a restaurant. I mean, at the right time, what is someone going to stop what they're doing and then go you know, feed the starter? Um, I do like the taste of sourdough. We actually do um, sourdough every Thursdays here. Oh. We used to do it every day, but, like, it just got to be too much work, and you don't really make money off bread, you know, unless you're, like, a bakery. But, um, yeah, I've just always liked the structure of a poulish more um, than a starter. And the stretching and the folding, how would you describe that process? We do it every half an hour. Oh, wow. Half an hour to 45, 45 minutes. Um, so the dough starts the night, the poulet starts the night before any time. Now we switched our hours. So it starts at about 7.30 and then it'll sit uh, till about 9.30 a.m. the next day. And then they're mixing, stretching every half hour until about 1.30. So it's got about a four hour bulk, um, stretch and folds every half hour. And then um, we will bench shape. Sometimes it goes directly into the walk-in if it's like, you know, super gassy and super crazy. Sometimes it still sits out and it'll sit out for another two hours before the final fermentation in the oven. This is all considered like the, the umbrella term would be like dough management, right? Yes. Where did you pick up this dough management style? I managed a Pizza Shoals for four years. That was my last pizza career um, before this one. Um, that's what really got me into baking sourdough from Brian Spangler to Pizza Shoals. Um, and I had made I have I've made pizza my entire life since I was eighteen. I've worked at a pizzeria, but no pizzeria where there was this flavor in the dough, and no other pizzeria that was so obsessed with this flavor and this dough. So that kind of ignited my love and my passion for um, creating kind of a spinoff of what they do. <laughs> it's funny that I think it's cool that you just say it's a spinoff. Not, I'm sure it's not exactly the same, but when I looked at your menu and I saw uh, Grana and I looked at the pictures and that color and then the whole like you could bake it lighter or dark. We typically bake it darker, but you could ask for it lighter. I was like, that looks like you know, a piece of show's menu. And I, but I didn't know, I didn't confirm, um, whether or not you worked there, uh -huh. but I was like, this looks similar. I wonder if you actually worked there. That's cool. Yeah. I worked there. I think my first, it was 2009. Okay. I, um, I started working there and then I worked my way up to managing. In fact, I was the first female to ever run the ovens there. Cause he wouldn't let anyone. Huh. <laughs> 
And I remember them telling me that they thought that I was too short to run the ovens. And I was like, dude, I have all this pizza experience, like not this style of pizza experience, but I can learn it. And I did. And it was awesome. It was really intense. It was a really good learning experience. Um, and ultimately, I quit there because it just wasn't fun working there anymore. Um, and I did want to open up my own place, but I just wasn't ready. So then I got a job being a butcher at New Seasons and did cool. that for a couple of years. And then I was like, ah, I think I'm ready. What was like, what was the, the push over the, over the ledge? Like, was it just time? Was it, did you save up enough money? Did you get sick of being a butcher? Uh, no, I love cutting up meat. Um, I love cutting up meat. I think it was, I missed so much of my job at a pizza shoals, but I, I hated working there so much that I wanted to do it. But sometimes you just got to like pull the trigger on stuff. I actually didn't have any money. Um, I was taking a business class at Mercy Corps. And I think I was trying to get my wife at the time to like write my business plan. And she was like, no, you have to like do it yourself. And I don't know. I just got fed up about dealing. I had a bullshit manager at New Seasons. And I was just like, dude, fuck this. Um, I graduated my class, I applied for a loan, I got denied, so I started getting, um, advice from other restaurateurs. Like what? Uh, like, the cheapest, easiest way is to just take over another pizzeria. Okay. So, that's what I did. I was on the lookout for another pizzeria that was like, obviously they don't give a shit, and I found one, which was over on 42nd Avenue. Um, I took over Bob's Rocket Pizza. I it took six months to convince the owners that to sell to me and it worked and I paid way too much fucking money for it but I paid it off um we outgrew that spot and then the landlord wouldn't uh renew our lease was kind of just like fucking with me and she was like a slumlord anyway so I was like hate slumlords yeah this property that I'm in now actually was my the landlord was like my first customer and she used to own a restaurant and just like the timing was right. So I got a sweet deal up here and, and then we became 30% busier just like that. Magic. Yeah. It's amazing what three quarters of a mile will do for <laughs> location. I kind of want to go back to the, uh, to the restaurant you took over later, but just to, just to tap into the whole, like, lo like 30% bigger, you think it's just the neighborhood that you're in? Is it, the locals who are picking up or is it just because you have more space now that people want to come in or did your marketing game go up? Like, what was it? Uh, I think it's a combo of all of those things. Um, I think when you relocate, it ignites maybe some media presence, which we've actually never gotten any sort of credit in the media or any sort of, uh, recognition. But when we moved, we kind of got like, Oh, they're moving. And we're like, oh, cool, thanks, you know. Um, I think that the neighborhood over here definitely is a little more, I don't know, uh, snooty. So they spend a little bit more money. They definitely drink more than the other neighborhood. Um, <laughs> the location, I have, I have three-phase power here, so I was able to get my super-duper uh, Capone Michelangelo oven that, I mean, we can crank out. We can do five grand worth of pizzas in four hours. That thing is a beast. Shit. And it, the staff, like, going from an old baker's pride oven to this thing is like, you know, going from an old beat-up truck to, like, a Cadillac. It's it's a game changer. I can see that. I, yeah. Like I said, I was watching your promo video earlier, and I saw you were using a baker's pride, and I was like, wow, they're getting a lot of hype using this oven? Like, cool, but... Yeah, that thing I had to fucking repair it like every two <laughs> seconds. The oven I had before that was in, the the oven that I started with. I I had to keep the door closed with a whittled piece of wood. <laughs> it was like what do you mean? And I uh, the door wouldn't shut. I had to wedge a piece of wood every time I opened it up, and I was the only one that could run it. It was like I did that for a year. You got to do what you got to do. I mean, to make to make it work. Sometimes it costs money to fix those things or get a new oven. I'm sure going from a beat up Craigslist. Uh, Toyota to a Cadillac, you know, you're going to the dealership. 
paying premium dollar for that thing. Right. So going back to picking up your starting off at a different location, like what what did you tell the owner and how, how did you get it financed? I um I got a loan from my mom. Okay. Like twenty grand. Sweet. And then I got a big ass credit card that was like thirty grand. So I started that restaurant for fifty grand. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. It was insane. Um it was I think everyone, including my mother, thought I was crazy because the pizzeria that I took over was disgusting. Piece I mean of shit. beyond a piece of shit. I tore up asbestos floor. It was it was worse than any kitchen nightmares you've ever seen. Um, but again, you know, it's like when you want to do something, your determination, I think, is everything. And yeah. I knew I just didn't want to go back for working for somebody else and just to be mistreated. And I just was determined. Whether I failed or not, I was like, I'm fucking doing this. That's really awesome. That's 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 great right there. That's like fuck fuck being like anyone else's punk. <laughs> <laughs> I've run a lot of people's restaurants and it becomes a little bit problematic when owners expect you to do things that aren't in your job description or that they don't want to do themselves. Yeah. And it becomes complicated. I understand a lot more now that I am an owner. It's so stressful and there's so much going on, but you have a lot of power and privilege in that. And I think some people either acknowledge that or they mishandle or they mistreat their employees. And for me, it's just like I I have to be in charge. I'm a leader. I'm a Capricorn. Um, I want to lead the show, you know? Like, that's just... It's like why, why I, I, I love what I do is because, like, I get to pick and choose and like create and it's just so nice and so freeing how did you how did you learn how to do that what be a leader well i was born a leader I, i'm a capricorn and capricorns by nature are born really old souls so i think for me i'm a very visual learner i'm very kind of quiet and i observe i'm quiet and i observe and that's what i did at you know, my four years at a piece of shoals, I observed everything from Brian. I idolized him. I became obsessed with um, learning how to make sourdough, like a very high hydration sourdough, probably the hardest, one of the hardest breads you can learn how to make. And I did that first and it took me a year and I failed every week. My bread looked like shit. And then finally... I figured out how to shape, I figured out, you know, my methodology, and I just loved it. And they really gave me the freedom to, like, come in there and, like, bake bread every day and learn it. And I don't know, it was just awesome. It, it, I had to put in the work. I mean, that's, that's honestly why my when when people ask me, oh, should I start a restaurant? It's like, no, you haven't put in the work. You know, you have to manage restaurants. You have to know how to manage people. You know, like right now, my job is like I'm, I'm like a parental figure sometimes, and I'm like a babysitter other times, and I'm your, I provide you with meals some other times. You know, I'm like your mom or I'm your dad, and eventually, after so many years of owning a restaurant, you're not really um, making the food hands-on every night per se you're helping other people make your food and taking care of them and other things do come up in that but you're babysitting adults essentially yes yeah especially now i mean we're in a pandemic um you know we've got protests going on we've got houseless people that need our help um a huge part of what we do now is we feed and we do fundraising for the community that's very cool and that has become more of my focus um, since the pandemic started than anything else. And a lot of the staff has helped me do that, you know. Um, uh, they know organizations and they'll um, enlighten me on people or networks that need help. And I think it's been rewarding for them too because it is really hard to come to work right now. Um, 
but yeah, it's kind of like you start out with this small little thing. And what I thought I was doing is I thought I was going to open up a pizzeria where I worked every night and I did everything. And I did that for the first year. And then I just realized like the bigger picture of a restaurant is to not make pizza, but it actually is to be involved in the community and meet people and network and take care of each other. I'd love to explore that a little bit more and starting with being involved in the community. Like just why, why do you give back aside from it being the right thing to do? What's the, what's the strategy there, if there is one? Well, I think a couple things, you know, um, we do, we have always done these fundraising nights and it actually wasn't even my idea. Somebody came to me at the other one and they were like, Hey, would you be interested in fundraising? You donate a certain percentage of your sales that night to this organization. Um, I really didn't think too much. I was like, Oh yeah, you know, like whatever. And we did it. And people came in that I had never met before and they were so happy. Um, it was like this youth. Uh, at-risk youth mentoring. Um, and it just kind of blew my mind, A, how appreciative people were, um, like, their reaction. And, like, I had never known about this, like, organization before. Um, and it does, it, it, I guess my, the reasoning why I do it um, is because I feel like it's my job. Like, I feel like as a restaurant owner, you are in a place of privilege and you should acknowledge that privilege. I'm a white person. It gives me even more privilege. Um, I think pizza is just such an easy, cool way to make somebody's day better, you know? Um, it's, I don't know. It's, I guess I do it because it makes me feel good. And... I also think that it's kind of contagious because I think I can get a lot of other people on board to like, you know, if I do a call out, hey, I need pizzas, I'll have almost every pizzeria in this town donating pizza and I just go pick it up and then we feed a homeless camp, you know. Um, that's pretty fucking cool. Um, and it really doesn't cost that much. <laughs> you know, even if you use really good ingredients, pizza is still pretty cheap. Um, but yeah, I just think that I just think I feel better giving back. I love giving back. And I also, but I also like, am more technical and try to ignore the feelings because I then I look at my, my bank account and it, <laughs> and it drops down. Yeah. Like, would, do you have any advice for someone who is like, we want to encourage people to give back, right? What could you say to them to convince them to give back? Um, I think there's other things you can do besides money. Okay. And I think a big one is time. Like, for me, I don't have a lot of time, but I got money, and I got pizza, and then I can also get my staff excited about, um, hey, we're making protest pizzas. They were pumped, because they actually probably want to be down at the protests, um, but they can't, you know? Um, there's a lot of things you can do. Volunteering. I have a friend of mine who doesn't really have money, but they have a car, so they are going to deliver meals. Um... I think time is actually more valuable than money. Um, there's a lot of things you can do. Even just spreading the word of an organization, I think, is helpful. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things you can do. A lot of people don't have money, and I think they still do just as much um, uh, social justice work as people that just donate money. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think just one thing I thought of right now, going back to your, like, giving back the, the fundraising night, the youth mentorship. I mean, whatever percentage you give back, it's kind of like marketing. Because it is they come in for the first time to support the mentorship group. But then they, they, they're like, oh, this pizza is actually freaking good. Well, and it's also, I will say this, every time we've done a fundraiser, we are 20% more busy than we would have been. And that's about the number that we donate anyway. Ah, so good tip. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, ultimately, although that's not my goal, it is my goal, right? Like, I can't donate money if I don't make money, right? You know, and um, that's just like, that's just reality. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, because like, you know, when I whenever I try to set up fundraisers, I'm usually left with like 
fucking Buffalo Wild Wings or like some chain spot that will that has the budget to run these things. It's not like the the local joint because they're so they don't want to give right or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. They don't want to do the time, whatever. Um, but the way you put it, it's like it's almost that's it. It's it should be that should be the way. I mean, if you if you think about it in that way, it may be even beneficial to your restaurant. Absolutely. I think even now when you look at restaurants that aren't saying anything, you know, they're not standing behind the Black Lives Matter movement or they don't say anything. And people remember that shit, you know, um, it's polarizing. it, It is. And it's just like. It's not surprising, but. I don't say it because I don't believe it. You know, but at the same time, um, it does give people, like, to recognize that, you know, we do believe in the community, and we do believe there's fucked up shit going on, (laughs) and I'm sorry, but I hate the fucking cops, and, you know, if my restaurant gets broken into, uh, the cops aren't going to do shit. And if you don't realize that, then you're a fool because <laughs> it's happened to me and I call the cops and they don't do shit. So um, food is political. And it, if people don't want to eat here because of that, then <laughs> then they can eat somewhere else. <laughs> like, I don't need your business, you know. Um, if I was hurting for business, I still wouldn't want your business because I feel like I would be like, copping out honestly um good yeah i think you know it's not because you're privileged and you're doing well already that you give out that you're saying fuck i don't need your business but i'm glad you actually made a statement like even if i was you know in need of your services it's like go f off yeah i just i'm not about that i don't um (laughs) we're kind of known for not taking shit from the customer in a very polite way, yeah. you know, um, some people have to be told what to do because they're not acting right. And some people think that they can walk all over you. It's like, you know, even when the pandemic started and the masks were mandatory and people weren't wearing masks. I know I was straight up refusing food to people. If you can't respect me and my staff and wear a mask, you can go fucking down the street and eat at Papa Murphy's or wherever. Like, yeah. um, I think the pandemic in that way has done a lot of positive because, uh, you know, people aren't just going to take it anymore. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't want a bunch of customers that are a pain in my ass. You know what I mean? It's just like a relationship. It's, yeah. it, it's got to go both ways. Yeah. Um, otherwise, what am I fucking doing this for? You know, otherwise I would have kept my job at New <laughs> Seasons in a Pizza Shoals, you know, if I wanted to be treated like shit. Um, <laughs> Damn, hella blunt. I love it. I, I am blunt, and uh, I, I think you have to be. I have to be. Um, Good. I, I think my first three years in this business, I wasn't taken very seriously. Yeah. And I've really, like, proved myself, and I just, I don't give a shit about hurting people's feelings anymore if they can't handle the truth. It's not going to behoove anybody. I... I'm still very quiet sometimes. And today, for the first time, we were at our hotel and someone came to the coffee bar without, it was like a cafe, without their mask. And I went and reported them to the front desk. Yeah. I was like, should I say something or are you going to do it? And then I like walked down, head down, feeling all bad because I'm a little snitch. (laughs) And my wife goes, are you okay? And she goes... Uh, she goes, are you okay? And I was like, uh, I just kind of, re- I reported someone for not wearing a mask. She's like, it's okay, babe. <laughs> yeah, you're not. <laughs> like, just. It's okay to be that kind of snitch, honestly. Yeah. I'm trying to learn to be able to speak out more, be more vocal, and just be well-spoken. And I think part of it is having, standing by something and believing in it. Otherwise, what else do we fucking have, you know? Um, there are so many, being in this industry, I know I've been working in pizza and restaurants since I was 18. Right. And being a woman in a restaurant is terrifying. And it's the shit that people say. There was so much shit in kitchens that I wish I would have stood up for. And if I were like who I am today, eight years ago, Jesus Christ, you know, I could have actually done something about really fucked up, you know, sexual comments and sexual harassment and 
the mistreatment and you know like like that's why i'm i have to be the boss like i'm not gonna take that shit anymore you know i don't take that shit in my kitchen like when i hire people i'm like if you can't take direction from a woman then this is not the fucking place for you man like this is my kitchen and i treat everyone with respect and if you can't do that then i'll just fire you right then and there and i have you know like it um it's just like i i made these set of rules and like i'm not i'm not i'm not bending them i'm not breaking them for anybody well that's so important because if you make these rules person one and person two are relying on you to enforce that and when asshole person three <laughs> is breaking them they're gonna look at you and they're gonna say are you gonna fix this or not because it's affecting our work and i'm gonna leave yeah. right if you don't address asshole person three you're gonna lose person one and two eventually yeah that's it's that's just, and it's uh it's kind of like a sickness you know oh yeah people think it's okay it's it's just not okay um, and we do see some of that in the restaurant industry changing, you know, which is good. A yeah. lot of things are changing right now that are, they're good. They're long overdue changes. Um, change is good. <laughs> oh, for sure. I love just the outlook of pizza. Not only is it positive, but it's, it's also progressive. It is. I mean, at least it's trending that way for the, for, from the people who are actually trying to make it like a good community. Like... I guess what I'm saying is people who are taking it into their hands and building it, they're also like for social justice from what I'm seeing. Like they're not afraid to do blackout Tuesday. They're not afraid to say, you know, fuck the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. They're not afraid of that shit. And that makes for a better world. I think so too. And a better pizza place. Like, if you can't hang with the pizza people, right? <laughs> go start a different restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. I like I like where this is going. It's a uh, it's a scary world we live in. So many so many wrong things. Like, pizza pizza can help make that better. It really does. I mean, pizza is like Friday night pizza. As a kid, was like my thing. You know when. When Pizza Hut had their Book It Club, it was the only thing. Do you know what the Book It Club was? No. You had you had you had this button, and you had to read so many books, and then you got a free pizza. What? It was the only thing that got me to fucking read as a kid. I would have never done that either way. I didn't read until like fucking <laughs> two, three years ago. <laughs> it was so cool. And back in the day, Pizza Hut was the shit. Pizza Hut was my Friday go-to. Yeah, I mean, um, my best friend. I remember we would go to this other like take and bake pizza joint, and. It was just like the ritual of it. There's nothing better than pizza. I even even shitty pizza is great. You know, like um my whole thing, my dad used to always get Papa John's and then like he would have to add like extra pepperoni and extra pineapple from a can to like jazz it up, you know? And it was the <laughs> shit, you know. That's so cool. Yeah, um I don't know. There's just something so great about pizza that on so many different levels like pizza is the best food ever created. It's, it, there's just something about it um, that makes me happy. For sure. I mean, it's, it's the one, you seem like you're very, you're social, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking about having pizza with your dad, you know, like you're, you're clearly sharing it with someone else. And I feel like it's the perfect food to share. It really is. And the most probably economical, you can feed four people for under 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm with that. <laughs> you know, people are always like, oh, they'll bitch about certain prices of pizza. People used to always bitch about the price of pizza at a pizza shoals. And it's actually very economical. It's a big ass pizza. You can get a, you know, that's going to feed four fucking people well for 20 bucks. You go to Round Table Pizza, you know, like their pizza is like $27. It's ridiculous. And it's like all shit from fucking Cisco, you know? It's like, it's, I know that flour has, is bleached. Come on. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm over here using all kinds of organic flours and mixing them together. And it's just like, yeah, my pizza's 25, 26 bucks. Don't bitch about it because it's not going to make you feel like shit the next day. Dude, seriously. Like, uh, I had Round Table a uh, few months ago and I was just so sad I like why did why did I why did I do this to myself because I grew up on round table oh I did too Hut. yeah if you played sports you grew up on round table oh for sure yeah, yeah. I love their garlic twists I love their <laughs> sauce it's kind of zesty and they use tomato paste yeah. yeah they have to put it on with one of those metal 
scraping spatulas. It's so thick. But it's the shit. Or it used to be. It, and it's just like tomato paste and like oregano. I swear that's all that's in that fucker. But it's delicious. <laughs> no. I, I, yeah. I, um. And the salad bar. Hmm. I would go for the pizza buffet. Yeah, and their watery ranch. It's just like something about Ooh, it all. It's I love like... that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the, uh, have you had a pizza shells lately? Yeah, well, I got it. No, I got it pre-pandemic. I think I got it um, maybe a year ago, delivered on caviar. I'm sure Brian's changed the recipe uh, since that time, but I, I had their habanero ranch uh, yesterday. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That sounds killer. It was, it was killer. Yeah. I mean, people always, people like the whole polarizing thing. Like some people really hate ranch on pizza and I just, I love it. And it was so good because I had cold old pizza this morning and the bread was starting to get a little stale, but it was a perfect dunker. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't care if people, I don't personally like ranch on pizza, but I don't discriminate people that do. Um, I think ranch is awesome. I'm pro ranch. <laughs> Good, me too. Uh, let's talk about your pizza. What's your style? What's your style of pizza? Uh, I guess I'd classify it as kind of American Neapolitan. Um, it's definitely reminiscent of East Coast pizza, but you know we're using a lot of local flour. Um, central milling still? Uh, I use central milling and then I use, um, actually no, right now we're all using central milling. We just switched. Um, I mix like a high gluten and a low gluten flour. Um, both organic? One of them isn't organic. It's their conventional, um, brand. It's the same, but it's not organic. It's like 25 bucks cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which matters. I, yeah. um, but for the sourdough that we do on Thursdays, we use all organic for that. Um, uh, we try to do a lot. Like We're pretty traditional in our toppings. I'm a pepperoni, pineapple, pepperoncini is actually my, nice. that's my go-to. Um, my mom came up with that pie, but she puts the jalapenos on it. I can't quite handle the heat like that. Uh, I know, I'm a baby. Um, <laughs> but... For a special, I like to do super seasonal, and it's kind of like a collaboration. Somebody always has, like, an idea. Um, But for the most part, we're pretty traditional. You know, we make our own bacon from scratch. We make our Canadian bacon. If we do meatballs, we're grinding up the brisket for our meatballs. Um, uh, I like to make everything in-house as much as possible and smoke our meats ourselves. It's cheaper. It's also going to taste 10 times better. Um, But I'd say overall, our toppings are pretty traditional. Our pizzas are pretty traditional. That's what I like. I I think we're a little saucier and cheesier than a pizza shoals. Um, There's a lot of things that, you know, you work at a place and you realize what works for you and what works, what worked there, you know. And um, there's a lot of things that we do different. There's a lot of things that we do the same. Um, but ultimately I, I'd say it's kind of a, a melting pot pizza. I mean, it's got the flavor of like a really nice ciabatta and also the same crumb structure, a really nice open crumb structure with the, uh, you know, you want the, you want to be crispy outside, but you also want it to be chewy and it can't be too chewy. (laughs) You know, there's, there's a lot of different elements. Um, in my opinion, it's, you know, and I think a lot of people would agree with me is what you think is perfect pizza, you think you probably nail like 10% of the time, but the customer will think it's like 80% of the time. It's, I, it might be a self-perception versus what other people know, but um, the style of dough that we're making is very hard and very complex, and it varies slightly day to day. Particularly when we moved locations, it took me a year to dial in the dough over there. Yeah. Um over here it took me a good three months to get it where I wanted we we actually switched flowers because I was doing the exact same thing over there as I was over here and it was flat and it was loose and I didn't know what the fuck um what would you figure out I figured out it was just I just switched flowers that's whenever something goes wrong I'll tinker with the hydration 
the yeast is like the kind of last thing I tinker with. Um, I'll usually up the hydration, um, but we just couldn't get it right. And then I started just blending flowers, blending a couple different flowers together because I was like, you know, I wasn't getting the, the kind of buckiness of the dough when I'm stretching it. We were just stretching it and it was so loose and I wanted that elasticity. You know, it's, that's, that's what it's all about. I can stretch it. It's not going to rip. It's not going to tear. Um, but it's still not just going to like tighten up or like fly out on me, you know? So, um, we just kept experimenting with like 50, 50 ratios of two flowers and then, you know, adding in this and then we finally got it. Like, I still, I still, I get that, you know, you had to change it up to get it to the taste that you wanted, but like, was it like just a different location, like the weather here or what, what contributed to that huge difference? I think the building, well, this is like just a concrete building uh, where we do our dough production with no insulation. It's like concrete cinder blocks and there's no central heating. It's these heaters from the walls. Um, you've also got, you know, it's just like uh, any pre-ferment, you know, the container that you have it in. That's why you don't ever wash a container that you're going to like, you know, do your pre-ferment and you're, you're wiping, you know, the soap will ruin all that good bacteria that you've got in there, you know. Um, same thing. I feel like it's kind of like, you know, you're smoking weed and it's like your resin, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it, uh, it needs that. And it just, I think it just felt so uncomfortable here. It was like, what the fuck? Yeah. New location. This is going to take me a minute to like get it right. And we, the oven, when I got this new oven, um, ah. it changed the bake. Ah. I mean, it changed the bake. And the other oven, we, you don't have the glass doors that you can see the pie. So you have to open it to see where the pie is at. Heat's coming out. You're losing heat, and you're also rotating the pies way too much, and you can't really use the full oven because the back gets so fucking hot, and the front is so fucking cold. There's just no consistency. And this one, I swear to God, you turn it once, you then again, and you're done. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like the bottom always has the char, you know? So it was, it was also the oven was a huge, a huge factor in this. When, when we got the three-phase power and this new oven... It was a game changer. I used to be so against like new equipment and I was just like, th this was the best investment that I've ever had. I love that because I I'm working from home and I'm trying to uh, tweak my oven a little bit so that I get super hot, but I'm not getting the top heat. <laughs> yeah. So I'm playing with this old oven that my brother gave me for free. It's like a little gas one, but it's only bottom heat. And I'm trying to just make a good piece of pizza with what I have. Yeah. But I might as well just go buy an, a rock box or an uni. And I don't want to, I mean, I, I can pay $500, but I can get something, you know, decent by just investing a little bit versus just trying to make do with what I have and being disappointed that it's not what I want it to look like. Yeah. I have, you know, a lot of people are selling their little sliced pizza ovens lately. You could use that. I've got a, a old Baker's Pride from the 60s a little box oven that has these slates in it. Um, and I found it off Craigslist for like 300 bucks. And that thing works better than those rock boxes or you anything. So? Yeah, I, I really think that those are fine for like a Neapolitan, like 90 second, but it's just kind of like, pizza's cooked too fast, too hot. You know, the, for the style of pizza I'm making, I don't want to cook it over 625, 620. That's what we run our ovens here at. Um, if you're baking over 650 it's gonna cook too fast and it's gonna be um your structure isn't gonna set up right then you're gonna have to put a screen on it and then it's gonna be floppy more than crispy which is i want some flop but i want more crisp than i want flop yeah the baking steel i've uh works very well too yeah um but i when i used to before i started a restaurant i was making calzones out of my oven at home and then i would like bring them into the grocery store to sell to my coworkers. Um, and I would put my baking steel on the bottom and then have a rack up top so I could have it be almost done here and then threw it on the top to light broil and then I could achieve the top and the bottom. Not ideal for your home oven though. I, I, it gets hot as hell in there. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, 
It, I kind of broke my oven. So. <laughs> I'm sure it gets super hot with the baking steel. Well, yeah, and you have to have it on for so long to get that baking, you know, to get it, yeah, to get it ready to rock. Yeah, okay, cool. So what what piece of advice do you have for someone um, who's looking to get started on their restaurant? Oh, wow. Um, I would say if you haven't managed a restaurant, then you need to go do that. And you need to learn how to manage people um, because ultimately that's what you're going to be doing. I guess my, my piece of advice would be um, also to do your research and do the work and don't take any shortcuts. Every shortcut I've ever taken, uh, I wish I hadn't. <laughs> um unless it's like on a drive um I think you just got to put in the hard work um but if I could give one piece of advice if you do want to start a pizza restaurant you take over another pizza restaurant and you could literally open the next day (laughs) um I mean you got to clean some shit out and throw a sign on the wall but um I think anyone that you know a build out is not the way to go. It's going to cost you way too much fucking money and the city takes way too long with permits and you're going to be over $100,000 in debt before you even start. Um, I've got my business to the point where I owe no money. I've paid off my pizza ovens. Um, I don't don't want to be in debt. (laughs) Um, I started out in a lot of debt and I did everything wrong, but I still... uh, I was successful because I adapt very quick. I make a lot of mistakes. I I actually love making mistakes because then I learn from them. Um, But you have to be able to adapt quick. Um, I would say the best piece of advice is go get a job in the field that you want and try to excel at that in every way and learn everything and then see if you can make it on your own. That's awesome. That was such a great explanation. Thank you. Very, very, I'm glad you took your time with it too, because some people, some people just rush things. I especially rush it. If I don't know what to say, sometimes I'll just say whatever the fuck comes out of my mind, but that clearly was, that had some thought to it. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I made so many mistakes and people are always like, well, if you knew then what you know now, that's impossible. <laughs> I would not be where I am now if I hadn't made all these mistakes, you know? Even everyone, when they, uh, I have a business coach, and when I told him I wanted to move locations, he was against it. He was against it. He said, no, no, no. He's a very smart dude. Like, I pay him to give me advice, you know? I just said, no, I'm moving. You'll see. And instantly when we moved here, 30% busier. My rent's like, was almost, it's almost double what I was paying over there. Um, but it's worth it. Yeah. It's just like all the things I was looking for. It's like a real restaurant over here. Over there, I was like, you know, play restaurant. It's your starter. Yeah. It's like, now I have all the tools to succeed. And there I just had to work too hard. I always thought you had to work hard to make it. And you do. But then you have to work smarter. You know, like, I can't work here every day. I'll I'll kill myself. I'll be so exhausted, you know. Um, I have to teach other people to make pizza like me. Um, you know, even when I hire people there, people are doing all kinds of crazy shit when they stretch the dough. I love my first thing doing a working interview is like, all right, stretch the dough. And I'll always be like, whoa, dude, like they're doing all kinds of crazy shit. And it's always like, oh, that's interesting. Can you like, don't do any of that and just watch me. And then they're like, why can't I do it my way? I'm like, you don't have the same results as me. Um, you know, your crust is all flat. You got thin spots everywhere and you don't need to stretch it 30 inches and then get back to 20. You know, it's like. um yeah it's just like one of those things you know it's a bad habit picked along the way please don't throw the dough in the air (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it looked so cool back then but that virtually does nothing it actually probably makes it worse yeah i kind of like it for some places the nostalgia of it especially you know old school new york pizzerias in the window stretching your pie and And yeah if you want like a chewy crust and don't and don't care too much about the air in it right yeah then yeah, go for it. It is cool to watch. I see as a kid, but there's no, there's no real need for it. But to each their own. You know, it's right. pizza. There's a billion ways to do it. Do what makes you happy. Do what you like. Respect people. Make some, make some mistakes, but like fall forward. I guess. 
Well, sometimes I even fall backwards. Um, it'll take me a minute, but I learn so much more when I make mistakes. I'll be like, oh, that was not good. But at least I'll correct it <laughs> and I'll learn something from it. If I was right, you know, every time, life would be pretty fucking boring. And I think I'd be a know-it-all and nobody would want to work for me. And <laughs> Yo, I commend you for 30% credit cards. Like, that's what you said, right? You said, oh, 30000 yeah, on, $30, on a credit card. and like a $20,000 loan from my mom. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd call the credit card thing a, a mistake for sure. But hey, you made it happen. There's no other way. No bank will loan a, a, a first-time restaurant money. They don't give a shit. Yeah. The person uh, sitting on their ass complaining about interest isn't going to have the opportunity. You got to have your skin in the game I, to even um, play. I also got a loan from Mercy Corps. I got that loan because I brought them in pizza, and they had the pizza, and they were blown away. Shit. And they gave me the max loan, but I had already agreed to purchase it. The pr I actually agreed to the whole deal without even having the money. I thought, money is going to be the hardest thing to find out of all this. Even though money's, I mean, I say that, uh, it actually is hard to get funded, but that was like the last of my worries, because I just like, you know, when you have your heart set on something you'll find a way you'll find a way but there's no stopping you it's like the first car i ever bought my parents were like don't buy a jetta i had to have this fucking jetta you know there it was a piece of shit it was 900 bucks i had to have it you know <laughs> uh, it's the same with like a pair of shoes you know it's just like i have to have those 200 dollars nikes you know like but it ends up working out for you because you got that determination yeah and you're gonna put in the work for it you know, a restaurant is nothing but work. You're lucky if after year three you're making a profit. Um, this is this industry is, especially after this whole pandemic and shit, like, it's a hard industry. It's a hard industry to make money in. It's a hard industry to keep people in. Um, Success isn't guaranteed. No, you can... It's, it's actually stacked against you. Well, and you can make the best pizza, you know, you can be on this TV show and that TV show. That's not going to keep you in business. What's going to keep you in business is does the neighborhood like you? Because when it snows, when it's bad weather, the neighborhood keeps you in business. I learned that the first year I was in business. That's great advice. If you win the neighborhood over, you will you will probably never go out of business. That's fucking Same with great the community. Advice. I mean, that's why I do a lot of the community work because that will keep me in business. The community sees that I'm I want to give back. I'm so glad you're fucking tying it all together. Yeah, they're not going to support me if I don't support them. And why should they? Why should they? I mean, like, you know, it's not just about making money. It's about, like, it's about a whole fucking lot more, you know? Like, I sound like a ad, an after-school special, but, <laughs> you know, I'm no longer in this to make pizza. I'm, I'm in it to be a good boss. I'm in it to be a leader in my community. I want to pay my employees a good wage. I want them to be successful. I want them to be able to go on vacation. I... I I want all these good things for them because why should I be thriving and they're not thriving? You know, that, that looks, that's not success to me. Success to me is when my employees are thriving um, and they're happy. And same with the customer when they're like, oh, that's the best pizza I've ever had. And thank you so much for caring about your community. It's like, wow, which actually stood out there more now. It's, oh, thank you for noticing that we're here you know like there's a lot of good pizza and we make really fucking good pizza i mean i would say we're definitely in the top five pizza in portland um but that's not always going to keep you in business you know what i mean it's it's the longevity it's the long game no longer about the short game like i actually prefer to be off of every eater pizza list because those customers, they're not going to keep me in business. They're actually going to be a pain in my fucking ass. Oh, Eater said you were like top whatever. It's like they already have the expectation that you should be X. They're yeah. going to be disappointed no matter what. And they're going to be vocal about it on Instagram yeah, or something. Yeah, they're going to be the people that leave you a Yelp review or a Google review or like whatever. And that's not going to keep you in business. It's, it's your community. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Is there anything is there anything next coming up for um for Red Sauce? Um let's see. 
Well, we're going into winter. We are going to start this new local bike delivery service, which I'm excited about. Because they're not Caviar, and they're not fucking DoorDash or Postmates. And you target the community because they're on bikes. They're on a bike. They're not putting more cars on the road. They've got wonderful customer service. Oh, I love that. There's accountability. Uh, there's two things I want in somebody I'm going to give my business to, you know, like a third party, is accountability and customer service. Because no matter what, we have to correct any problems, you know. And there's just none of that in Caviar, DoorDash. They're, you're just shit out of luck. Oh, we'll give you five bucks off next time. It's like, no, I want this fucking now. You know, um, sometimes they're a piece of shit. Oh, they're fucking horrible. <laughs> they're uh, <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm seriously just going to keep the fucking iPad they gave me and like never answer the phone again. <laughs> I swear to God, they won't email me back. So I'm just like, fuck you guys. Um, I, you know, my goal for the next until next spring is just to, um, support my staff and to keep supporting my community and, um, we're like committing to feeding a lot more people like on a weekly basis now. Um, there's a lot of homeless camps that need food. Uh, I really want to do more community outreach. Um, and there's a couple things on our menu that we're going to expand on that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, Hoagie night is pretty popular. Big Hanks. Big Hanks hoagies. Uh, those are all sourdough hoagies made in house. And we're going to try to come up with some like cool specials with those. Um, and I also just hired a new manager who's also a baker. So she's been like making all kinds of like cookies and like these hand pies. And so we're going to branch out in our dessert, uh, repertoire with her. And, um, I'm, I'm hiring people that like know how to do stuff that I don't know how to do, which is not something I've been comfortable doing in the past. And I'm scary It's scary, but I'm like trusting that. And that, so that will free me up to like do more community outreach because there's a lot of people that need help. And I think this winter it's going to get even worse, um, especially in the Pacific Northwest. You know, I don't know where all these people are going to live outdoors. So I don't know. Just I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, but um, try to do even more community outreach and fundraising. Um, we have a fundraiser coming up where we're... Uh, teaming up with Pips Donuts and Ed and Bean, and we're going to raise money for Feed the Mass. Um, they feed a lot. They feed a shit ton of people. And um, right now with all the fires in Ashland, they're taking thousands and thousands of meals down there. So we just want to, like, get them some money <laughs> so they can keep doing what they're doing. Um, yeah, that's about it. I, I'm trying to lay low and just preserve my energy, I think, for the last for the next six months and um, just try to keep healthy, including my staff, you know, and just ride this wave. It sounds like you got <laughs> plenty to do, but it's all good work. Yeah. And yeah. Just trying to stay focused and rested and healthy. Yeah. Insane. Those are hard things to do in these times. For sure. But like <laughs> you said, it, it's a marathon. So you got to give yourself the rest that you need to be able to keep going. Yeah. You really do. If I'm a piece of shit at work, I can't expect my staff to not be a piece of shit, you know? So ultimately, I'm a leader, and I have to make sure that I'm of good peace of mind so that they can um, do the same. Work can be a good, a positive place to come around. Oh, I got to go to fucking work today, you know? Like, how many jobs have we had like that? It's like... <laughs> I'm working in it right now. Yeah, it's, you know... It's, uh, I, I want this to be like a positive place where people want to come to work. Not every day. I know that can't happen every day, but right. it's not perfect. If I get three or four out of five, I'd say that's, that's what I'm shooting for right now. <laughs> love it. I love your, I love your mindset. I love your direction. I love what you're doing for the community because they need it. Thank you. And you're, I'm just so lucky to have met you because you're going to, you've not only like added to my mind, but I hope the people that listen to this will be more willing to give because the world needs it, right? Especially now. Yeah. Um, my stepdad had this saying and I always thought it was fucking dumb to be honest, but he was like, you can never go broke by giving. It's very true. You know, um, uh, if I give, and I give and I give, people are going to give me back when I need it, you know? Um, and I think it's also everyone's realizing 
What do we actually need? Do I need, do I need all of this? What do I need just to get by, you know? Or not just get by, but, you know, be happy. I think there's a lot of things that we can give. It doesn't have to be just like money, you know, like you were saying. Time, energy, advice, food. There's a lot of things you can give to people, and it goes a long way. Let's end it there because that was a great message from your stepdad. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, appreciate your time. Hell yeah. Thank you. This was cool. Thank you. See you later. Shardell, thank you so, so, so much for your time. I learned a ton from you. Literally, you were a great person to have a conversation with. And I hope the rest of the audience enjoyed it. To you, the audience. Oh my goodness, right? I told you it was going to be worth it listening to the end. Please remember to add Shardell on Instagram. And you know what? If you have a, if you have the time, give to her campaigns. Um, she's always raising money for the people. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. Please let me know if you like the show. Please let me know what you could improve or what would you what you'd like me to improve i'm always looking for feedback on how to make a better show for you other than that have a good freaking day tune in next week and yeah share this with your pizza loving pals i swear it's gonna be better for the community if we keep spreading that good good about the pizza world all right take care y'all Till next time, peace.